We are delighted today to have Brother Brian Abernathy with us today. This man is one of my great friends. He is the Global Missions Promotions Director. And Brother Abernathy grew up up here in Titusville. And then when he was a young man, his parents were commissioned to be missionaries to Africa, South Africa. And then he moved to South Africa and lived over there and has been there many, many times. I don't think anybody in the Pentecostal ranks knows Africa any better than Brother Abernathy. He's crossed borders. He's waiting long lines to go from one country to another. He knows the temperament, the nature of so many of them, seeing great revivals. In our adult class today, I talked about how that people receive the Holy Ghost. Sometimes they speak in a different language. He's actually literally heard people in the bush country that knew no English at all receive the Holy Ghost and speak in perfect, fluid, American-style English. He's heard them do that. Praise the Lord, witness of it. I'm just saying that he's been all over, and he's such a great guy and one of great friends of mine and your pastor as well. We're going to ask Brother Abernathy to come and take the pulpit here and just preach to us the good word of God. God bless you, Brother Abernathy. So glad to have you with us today. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I thank God for friends. Bishop was so kind to me years ago when I was just a young buck, single and crazy as a loon. Feel crazy after all these years, but single. And uh, he took me in and helped me on many occasions, preached me many times, and just blessed my ministry. Part of my foundational stones that. Uh, on a good foundation preaching across Florida and then across America and then back and forth across the world and I'm always glad to be with Brother and Sister Myers in this great church. Amen. Remember the humble beginnings of it, Sister Myers, and God has brought us such a mighty long way. And I'm thankful because that's what the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to So good to be here with you. Wish Brother David Myers was here also, my friend. We've evangelized together and had a great time traveling and probably had more fun than we did any good damage, hopefully. I had a guy come up to me at General Conference from Georgia. He said, I remember when you came preach this revival, you was just a young man. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, if you'll let me come back and preach you another revival, I promise I won't charge you anything and I'll do a better job than I did when I... He said, no, we had a lot of people get the Holy Ghost. My church still talks about it. I said, well, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for this church. Bishop Palm Bay last year gave $188,161 to global missions alone. That puts you third in the Florida district in giving. On the national level, over 4,700 churches in North America, this church was number 10 in giving. 
That's incredible. But I'll equate that. I did it this morning for the early service. Let me equate that in a more, I think, focused manner and a godly thing. For every $300 that comes into headquarters, into global missions, someone repents of their sins, is baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. And because of your giving alone, 627 people will walk on streets of gold and have come to the knowledge of the truth. I think we ought to praise the Lord for that because that's a greater work, right? We just lift our hands and thank the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I would like to call your attention, Matthew chapter 15. And I will try my best not to hold you very long. It feels like we've been in church all day already. I got here for the early morning mass. Hallelujah. I'm ready to have a little more church. A lot of you weren't here, so I'm going to preach something different. But now I see why they preach the same sermon both times. But I felt this on my heart. In fact, flying down yesterday and last night, I felt this very strongly. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 15. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I want to preach for a little while on the simple subject of the doctrine of the crumb. The doctrine of the crumb. You pray with me right now, Lord Jesus. I feel you, Lord, so greatly. I feel the touch of your presence, and I know you're in this place already. And I'm believing you, God, to reach out to every soul that is in this house. We know this is All Nations Sunday, but Lord, would you give us a harvest of souls in this house today? us a harvest of souls who need the Holy Ghost, a harvest of souls who need deliverance, a harvest of souls who need to find their way to your salvation. 
Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And we put the service in your hands, Lord. We surrender our hearts to you. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. For the remainder of this service, I ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a crumb for you. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap for praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Well, this portion of Scripture starts out in the first verses showing us how Jesus gets frustrated with people. Don't you just get tired of people sometimes? Your neighbor and say, I'm not tired of you yet. But there could come a time. I remember talking to Brother Judd at Tupelo Children's Mansion. He was still on the board and still with us. I said, Brother Judd, how's it going in Tupelo? He said, Brother Abernathy, if we didn't have any children there or any people, he said, it'd be a great place. So I felt in just a moment of words that he had a frustration at that certain particular time. And it was not uncommon for Jesus to get frustrated, especially with the Pharisees, because they were constantly taking the beauty of his commandments and turning them into something burdensome and ugly. My dad would have called them a bunch of knotheads. So I will reiterate his words. They were a bunch of knotheads. Verse 1 says, When he came, the scribes and the Pharisees, which were in Jerusalem, came to him and said, and this is the kind of stuff they dealt with. They, they were never talking about things of the kingdom. They were all talking about stupid stuff. Excuse me, I know we're not supposed to say these words. Are we? Dingbats. They said, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? The tradition of the elders. The tradition of the elders. They wash not their hands before they eat bread. Jesus said, you all transgress the commandments of God by your tradition all the time. So the Bible says, honor your father and mother and curse your father and mother and let him die. But you say unto your mother and father, I'm a gift to you. It's literally, he's like telling them, you know, I'm a gift to you, dad, mom. You ought to be happy that you even know me. then he gets to verse 7 and he calls them literally what he just always fell back on. You hypocrites. Anybody ever known a hypocrite? Don't point at anybody please. Anybody ever known a hypocrite? You know what a hypocrite is? The perfect explanation is somebody's pointing over here, right? Stop it. The perfect explanation of a hypocrite is an actor. Someone who acts like something they are not. That's a hypocrite. And Jesus said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. And this is the words that he used. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, 
and honoreth me with their lips, yet their heart is far from me. And he said, therefore their worship is in vain, and you teach for doctrine the commandments of men. His rebuke is so harsh that when he finally walks away from them in frustration, his disciples even, who were near him, get a little offended. But the Lord has always detested people who draw nigh with lip service, but cannot commit to heart service. He wants our whole heart our whole life, our whole soul. God never has wanted a part of you. He wants all of you. The world wants pieces of you and it will leave you by the wayside half dead dying in the ditch. But the good Samaritan wants to bind up your wounds, wants to heal you, and wants to make you whole. And he wants everything you have to be put into his kingdom, his hand, his will, his work. His disciples come to him in verse 12 and they said, Don't you know? <laughs> I love that. The Pharisees were offended in what you said. Who cares? We are so touchy-touchy-feely-feely right now. I am sick of it. I'm sick of having to worry about what I say. My God, I'm 57 years old. I'm going to say if you don't like it, bump a stump. I pay my tithes. I give my offering. I'm faithful to the kingdom of God. I pay my taxes. I support the economy. I just don't support the dingbats up in the big houses that tell us what they want to do with our money. Amen? Amen? In the midst of it, I've made a choice. That choice is the kingdom of God comes first. The things of God come first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he said, I'll add everything else to you that you need. You don't have to wonder where it's going to come from. It's going to come from my hand. If you're trying to please Hollywood, get over it. If you're trying to please the White House, get over it. If you're trying to please the Senate, get over it. If you're trying to please this world, get over it. The only one who you need to please is Jesus Christ. And when you sink your life into his kingdom, he's going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Jesus told his disciples, you know what? Stop it. Let them alone. They're blind leading the blind and the blind will both fall into the ditch. And then they do something that always irritated me about the disciples. They followed Jesus for three and a half years. Everywhere he went, they went. Everything he said, they heard. And they recorded it later. But they always had to ask for clarifications. As if they never understood what he said. I worry sometimes about how thick the disciples were. And these were the men Jesus had chosen to reach the world. And they just couldn't seem to grasp what he was saying. He would tell a parable as of the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes. And when they got in the boat, 
they were talking amongst themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring enough bread. I never read in the New Testament where there was a bakery where the Pharisees and scribes were running it and baking bread. And yet they're saying, we didn't bring enough bread. He's mad at us because we didn't put enough leaven. The leaven they use is bad, but we didn't bring enough. No. No. Talking about the infliction, the growth of a damnable doctrine in what God has made pure. What God wants to raise up with his leaven of glory. Man has injected his thought process. I used to tell the story of my father-in-law was with A.T. Morgan in a little diner one time and the waitress he had ordered soup A.T. Morgan had. The lady came bringing the soup and she had her thumb over in the bowl of his soup and she put it down on the table and Brother Morgan in his high-pitched voice said, "Ah, your, uh, your thumb's in my soup. She said, that's all right, it's not that hot. No, 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 you don't get it. That's not what I'm talking about. Your dirty thumb is in the soup I'm going to eat. See, there, there's, there's always a chance of being in church and missing the purpose of what God has for the church. Because we're so busy putting ourselves into it instead of looking for what he wants to put into it and taking that into ourselves. I just, I, I just, let me hang on this for just a minute. We're living in a dumb world. Have you noticed how people are just dumb? Have you noticed how common sense has been thrown out the window? It's more important that you have a degree than you do have the common sense to take your hand off of a hot stove. My dad used to say, if you could take their common sense and turn it into lard, it wouldn't be enough to batter up a good skillet. We're living in a world that don't understand just the simple... Let me, let, me, let me share. I went to Hardy's the other day. I'm on my way to work with my wife sitting beside me, and I decide, well, I'm going to buy everybody biscuits in our... Uh, global missions and I, I thought it'd be nice for them to have a breakfast biscuit so I went into Hardee's and go through the drive-thru because it's called fast food not hurry up and wait food so I pulled in and I said uh, yes she said can I help you I said yes ma'am I'd like two dozen biscuits no, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly. This is word for word. If my wife were here, I'd make her stand up and, and uh, tell you exactly what she said. I said, two dozen biscuits. She says, how many is that? <laughs> no, no. No, no. It gets better. I said, well, and I'm trying to be patient. Bishop, you know how you, you older you get, you try to be patient. And I said, uh, well, a dozen is 12 so two dozen would be and I'm sort of waiting on her to respond she said yes I said 24 
she said, this is what she says. We don't have that many. I said, well, how many do you have? No, I'm telling you word for word. She said, how many do you want? So I thought, well, we've clarified already, so I'll just go back over it. I said, I'd like two dozen. She said, how many is that? I kid you not. I kid you not. If I could have reached through that speaker, I'd have shook her chimes. I said, you stay right there. I'm going to pull up the window. I've got to look at you and see the person that wants $15 an hour and can't even tell me what a dozen is. Things like this happen to me all the time. I'm sorry, but it frustrates the, the booger out of me. I went to Duncan. Duncan. It's called Donuts. I walked in and I said, I'd like a dozen cake donuts. She says, we're out of donuts. So again, I'm trying to be patient. I looked up on the top of the wall and I said, it says Duncan Donut. It doesn't say Duncan Sandwiches. Duncan Pancakes or Duncan Fish. It says donuts. That's what you do. She said, We're out of donuts. I said, Well, run on in the back and mix me up a batch. She says, We don't make donuts here. <laughs> It says donuts. I must have thrown such a big fit because just the other day I read that Duncan is taking donuts off of their sign. Well, you need to. Because if you're not Duncan Donuts anymore, put up their Duncan Idiots. Have you just ever wanted to get far, far away from people? There's nowhere you can run and hide. <laughs> they just show up. They're like a disease. Jesus is trying to get away from these hypocrites. And he goes to the farthest northern reaches. To a place called Tyre and Sidon. A pagan land with Gentile pagan people and a woman who was a Gentile comes out from the midst of them and she cries Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me my daughter is grievously vexed of a devil right off the bat you've got to understand how incredible this is she is calling to him as a Jew would call to him. 
The same way that Bartimaeus called to him on the road to Jericho, Jesus, thou son of David. But he had a right to. He was of Jewish lineage. She had no right. And yet she refers to him as the son of David. Have mercy on me. And Jesus, the Bible says, answered her not a word. I hate being ignored. I hate going in a restaurant and feeling like I'm invisible. I drive a big Toyota Tundra truck and it's red. It's not just red, it's Barcelona red. That's what they told me when they sold it to me. That's Barcelona red. Well, whatever. It's probably got Corinthian leather in it too. But you'd be amazed how many people cannot see that big truck. Especially when it's four inches from their bumper. Because when they're going 25 miles an hour in a 55 zone, I'm there. I followed a dear sister. I was working with Brother uh, Green in Jacksonville, Bishop. And uh, Sunday morning we were running a little late because we, uh, depending on my watch. And uh, so I was in the truck and I was doing my best to get there. And I got behind one woman, two-lane road, all the way to the church. And my God, she didn't know the world was turning. And I was so close to her bumper, I'm sure that the fumes of her, her exhaust pipe were what were making me lightheaded. My wife kept saying, back off, back off. She's my word of wisdom. Back off, back off. By the time we got to the turnoff to the church, my wife said, oh dear God. But she turned into the drive that went to the church. I fought, of course, I backed off then. <laughs> I followed her into the parking lot. She parked. I parked right beside her. I got out. Sister Ashton, one of the sweetest old women in the church you ever wanted. Couldn't have been one of the cranky ones. No. Had to be one of the sweetest ones. She got out. I said, Sister Ashton, I am so sorry. She said, for what? <laughs> She had no clue. I, I didn't tell her what I was sorry. I just said, I'm sorry. This woman was ignored by the one that never ignored anybody. his disciples were so upset they said Lord send her away she's crying after us we're sick of hearing her voice how rude that he could openly ignore her and then even more rude not even speaking to her but my friend when you're desperate it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter what anybody else does because desperation drives you beyond that point of caring because your need is greater than your pride I'm gonna say that again your need is greater than your pride 
people allow pride to keep them from altars of repentance. But my friend, your need's got to be greater than your pride. People let pride keep them out of waters of baptism. But your need has got to be greater than your pride. People allow pride to keep them from submitting and receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. But your need has got to be greater than your pride. How great is your need today? She kept crying after him. And Jesus says to her, I am not sent. He's going to explain it now, why he can't help her. But unto the sheep, the lost sheep even, he says, of the house of Israel. He literally takes her whole lineage of life. Gentile, paganistic livelihood. And he brushes it aside and says, I didn't come for you. I've come for the Jews. What a vile language to even use when he says, not only that, but he says, I cannot take the bread that's meant for the children and give it to dogs. He uses the basis language of the Jewish feeling toward the rest of the world. And he calls her a dog. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some things that I have a problem getting over. I had a kid spit on me in school, and the coach had to pull me off of his hide. For some reason, spitting on me is not a good thing. You call me a dog, you're probably okay. You call my mom a dog, it's going to take more than a coach to pull me off of you. You understand what I'm saying? There's limitations to where we go. That's what we are as humans. We have limitations to how rudely we allow ourselves to be talked to or, or, or used and abused. But this woman didn't leave in a huff. She didn't rebuke him back. She didn't reject him. She didn't say the church doesn't love me enough. She didn't say nobody shook my hand. She didn't say the preacher doesn't even know I'm there. She didn't say I feel like a leper when I walk in that place. I'm all by myself. Nobody comes around me. I don't even know why I'm going back. She didn't say any of that. You know what she said? The Bible said she left all those options behind. And she came to Jesus. And she did the one thing, Bishop, that will always stop him in his tracks. She worshipped him. She worshipped the man who referred to her as a dog. You hear me now. Thanksgiving is what you do for something you've already received. So this wasn't Thanksgiving. Praise is what you give to people that you honor and respect. People give praise to basketball players, football players. But worship separates because worship, you have to give him deity. You have to lift him up above everything else. It's more than just praising him. You are on your knees in obeisance, worshiping him. You are my Alpha and Omega. My beginning, my ending. That which was, 
which is which is to come the almighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace my counselor you are my all and all you are the mighty God in Christ you are the everlasting father I'm telling you when you finally get to a point where you worship him because of what he is because of who he is you have changed the dynamics of getting the attention of God because he is the one who is high and lifted up heaven is his throne the earth is his footstool and when we worship him we are giving him the greatest adoration a man can give Somebody lift your hands and let's worship him right now. The Bible said he came to his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And Jesus said, It's not right for me to take the dog or the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Those of the birthright, the chosen, Abraham's kids. Let me ask you a question. The last time you watched your kid eat, did you have to clean up the floor under him when he was done? I sat in a restaurant the other day and his kid in a high chair, he had more food cast around than he had on his little tray in front of him. Then he started throwing a fit because they said, eat your vegetables. Anybody ever heard that line from a parent? And all the kid could scream out was, Ice cream! Ice cream! Ice cream! I knew what to do. Get some broccoli, put some ice cream on it, and say, here. I never had any children, but there's a way around that. I mean, if your kid's in the store and they fall down on the floor and start kicking and screaming and doing a tantrum, walk by them and say, I don't know who you are, but where are your parents? And just keep walking. Don't buy them a gift for being a dingbat. Here's the problem with the children, and I'm, I'm going to be as nice as I can. No, I'm not. But we get spoiled sometimes, Sister Myers. We used to be a church across the tracks. We used to be a church that struggled. Look where the Lord has brought us. I am so thankful every time I walk in our churches and see such a glorious place of worship so many people but my greatest fear is growing up in Africa we get spoiled the 
the grace of God, to the mercy of God. We hear sermon after sermon. We don't move. We're untouched. We can't cry out with desperation because we're not desperate for anything anymore. I'm sorry, but I am more desperate today than I've ever been for a move of God in America. Because I know if God sweeps across this great church, there will be revival in this last hour across the world by what starts right here at home. But our desperation's got to outweigh everything else. Our desperation has to outweigh our convenience. Our desperation has to go beyond throwing bread to the floor. And we've got to say, Lord, I'll take your crumbs. Are we desperate enough to say that to God like this woman did? She was a Gentile, one of the first to ever come to find the wholeness of God. Let's stand. And her response after Jesus said, I can't give you the bread because it belongs to the children. And she said, Yea, Lord, you've spoken the truth. Even us dogs... Even us dogs that wait under the table live off the crumbs that are cast aside by the spoiled. I wonder if we could change our mindset today. We said in luxury, and I thank God for it. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against God blessing the church. I believe he has blessed the North American church for one great purpose, and that's to propagate the gospel to the entire world. I'm not here preaching against things. I'm here preaching against an attitude and a spirit that wraps us up in things instead of wrapping us up in the cause of the kingdom. Oh God, what would happen in North America if we gave more this year than we've ever given before? What would happen in North America if we prayed harder than we've ever prayed in years past? What would happen in North America if we buried our face in an altar every time they were open and we cried out to God, give us an outpouring of your presence so powerful that we cannot contain it. wonder what would happen if we came to church and we were so moved under the need of this world that we could only cast ourselves across his altar and cry out in intercession that God would absolutely flow through the streets of Melbourne and Palm Bay with an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What would happen if your neighbor come knocking on your door in the middle of the night because the prayers that you put across an altar Sunday reached him Monday? And God stirred his soul. What would happen? What would happen? Just a magazine being printed 
and a woman seeing on the pages of the magazine what the church is doing. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of, she says. I'm saying to myself, my friends, there are souls, countless souls just around us who are in the same boat, crying out for the same gospel we hear every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Friday. I'm telling you, we've got it. I'm not ashamed of that, and I'm not downplaying that. I'm just saying, oh God. Let the crumbs of the blessing that you give to my heart fall off into the hands of someone who's desperate and draw them to your salvation, draw them to your table of everlasting life. I'm asking today that we have a harvest in this house, a harvest of renewing, a harvest of desperation, a harvest to say, God, I won't stop. Even though the disciples said, leave, even though I'm rudely treated, even though I felt like I'm not part of it, I know you have an answer for my life, and I'm willing to lay it on the altar today. Use me. Is there anybody here who feels what I'm feeling? Is there anybody here who says, I can't go on another year like it's been going. I've got to have a change. i got to have more than I've ever had in my life. I've got to see more. 7.6. But you hear me now. I'm thankful for 462 people every day that get the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. I'm thankful for 398 people baptized every day. We are having an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But what would happen, America? If we said that's not enough. We need thousands every day. We've got to affect our world. And it's got to start right here. Not just at home, but in your heart personally. Your desperation has to bypass all the junk that keeps you from finding your way to Jesus. And even if it's only crumbs that you can get your hands on, the crumbs of His glory are enough. I said the crumbs of His glory are enough. Saturate us this day. Draw us to your wells of salvation. Tear aside the facades and the veneers. Oh God. I open this altar to you today. I open this altar to you today. Do you need him now more than you've ever needed him before? Are you hungry for Him more than you've ever been before? Are you ready, oh God? Change me. Oh God, stir me. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, the Lord is in this house today to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You need deliverance. God's here to deliver you. Just bring it to the altar. Come on, the bread's here. 
bread of life is available. Would you join us this morning, visitor? Would you join us today, saints? Let's come find somebody to pray with. Let's find us a corner, an altar, a place to kneel, a place to cry out, a place to call on his name. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Would you lift your voices to him right now? Lift your heart.